This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the July 3rd edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to break down a news overload in the past three days, or three and a half days, I guess. Uh, that, that July 1st deadline isn't really uh, a thing. Anyways, uh, with me to break it down is Ryan Canas. What's up, man? How's it going, Mike? Been, as you said, it's been a busy busy free agency so yeah. far. And that's actually what I wanted to start with, is just like kind of how we get our news and just the way that... I love it. I mean, there's so many things about the NBA that are just... It's just great. I mean, there's the Isaiah Thomas and Rudy Gobert thing and Hassan Whiteside with the emojis. I, I Honestly, I think that the great the greatest story so far, as far as like entertainment goes, I love Andre Iguodala, man. Like, you can just tell. That there's times... Like, we see when things are leaked, and if you see it enough, you kind of get a pattern who's leaking it, why they're leaking it. And, like, right. Andre Iguodala did it in the most blatant way I've ever seen. Um, it's like, dude, we get it, man. You're trying to bit up the Warriors. Everyone knows this. But it worked, though. I mean, he got paid. He got He's back. He, I mean, I thought they kind of maximized that. He doesn't have to move. Uh, obviously, he loves the culture there. Uh, props, man. And also props to, to Lakeham. He's going to have to pay a lot of money. And Gruber, yeah. too. I mean, those guys. Those guys are good. I mean, we, we, we're going to talk about a bad owner in a second. But, man, they paid the $4 million for... The parade, they paid $3.5 million to get the Jordan Bell pick. looks really good. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. So, again, I love Iggy. Anything else that you noticed as far as, like, how we get news? And well, and also one other thing I want to add. Um, Woj on ESPN is freaking me out. I, like, when we're writing blurbs, I want to write Adrian Wojnarowski of the vertical so many times because I'm so used to that. So it's weird to say ESPN or ESPN.com yeah. and all that. Yeah, that's, that's been a strange cultural <laughs> yeah. shift for, for me as well, just seeing ESPN attached to Woj's name. But, um, yeah, Iguodala was awesome. As you said, extremely transparent leverage play by trying to, you know, meet with other teams. And But he was having fun with it. He, yeah. You know, he, he tried to break his own uh, <laughs> agreement with the Warriors and, you know, very self-referential. So he knew what was up the entire time. And, yeah. Uh, you know, kudos to him. He got a good deal. The Warriors got their guy back. I think it all it worked out perfectly for everyone, including the fans, because that was kind of fun to witness. Yeah, for sure. Um, so again, we mentioned kind of the the good owners, the Warriors owners, and the bad owner. Dan Gilbert, man, he doesn't look great right now. Um, he he and Phil Jackson and another person of power, I guess that I'm not going to say. Um, they're a little full of themselves. It feels like because uh, Gilbert he let go of. David Griffin at the wrong time. I mean, if, if he knew he was going to let him go, and I kind of think he did, he did it while the Magic were looking for a GM. The Bucks. I mean, there's just so many, the Hawks, other teams that were looking for GMs, and he kind of stuck it to them, and really, he has no leverage, again, against teams like the Knicks, who are looking for their general manager or president, depending on how they do it with Steve Mills. Um, so, I mean, what are your thoughts on Dan Gilbert? Uh, the Cavs, they signed Kyle Korver. Um, been pretty quiet. They made trade Shumper, but I think that's off the table now with the P.J. Tucker thing we'll get to. Um, what do you think of Gilbert today? Yeah, I mean, this was just bizarre. I think everyone around the league realizes... And I should like, also mention that I, I, Billups turned it down, by the way. Billups turned... This is why we're talking about right. it. So, and that's, that's bad. Like, Billups is like, hey, man, I, 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 um, I, I don't know this. He's like, hey, man, you, I don't like how you handled that with Griffin. I'm, that's, if I'm... Billups, that's what I'm seeing. So, right. Sorry, I just want to get it. Yeah, no, totally. So Billups, Billups turned it down, and it, we don't explicitly know the reasons why, but you're right. I think it's the, the top-down mismanagement where at one of the key points with the draft happening and free agency opening, you know, they decided to let Griffin walk after getting vocal public backing from LeBron James. They're... <laughs> yeah. they're irreplaceable, you know, uh, eternal superstar. So it, it made no sense. And you're right. I think Billups might have looked at that and thought, okay, there's enough dysfunction here that I don't want this to be my first foray into the NBA front office. Plus, he's staring down the barrel of potentially LeBron James next year as a uh, player option for $35 million. But he could easily turn that down and get the same amount on a 
on a max deal something like anywhere basically so um you know he suddenly things could fall apart in a hurry so i think uh for those sort of uh double barreled reasons billups just kind of backed away yeah and to your point objective a b c d and e of being the Cavs owner is making sure lebron's happy yes <laughs> so he's not in, in i mean have we not learned our lesson yeah exactly um, we we learned that lesson in Comic Sans font, of course. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's talk some basketball stuff. Um, again, really, the last pod that we did was about Chris Paul and the and the Rockets, so we won't talk about that too much. Again, we'll hit hit on Tucker and then in anything I want to talk about really fast. But really, the biggest thing that's happened. Actually, one thing I, I wanted to keep it fresh. Uh, let's just talk about that now. Um, so. Paul George is on the Thunder, and that is a weird thing to me. And we could—I don't really want to focus on the price, especially with the the Celtics. And man, if the Celtics don't get Gordon Hayward, it's going to be—it's going to be bad. Um, so, what were your first impressions? Again, Westbrook led the NBA all-time in usage rate. Paul George is kind of a ball-dominant guy as far as small forwards go; can pass a little bit. Uh, he's a really good shooter, though. I think he was like fifty nine point nine percent on catch or effective field goal percentage on catch and shoot. So he's solid there. Um, what What are your impressions, fantasy takeaways? Does Westbrook move down? Uh, what, and obviously, how far would Paul Paul George takes a hit? Obviously, but how far? Uh, I don't think too much. You know, I think still solid second round guy. Oh, okay. um, to your point, do, do you think lower than that? You're yeah, not, I have kind of looked at the the early third. I mean, because we okay. we seen him, he zaps usage so hard, man. Like we like we, literally we've never seen before. So, yeah. and I mean, Paul, he he hangs in the upper twenties, thirties when he's when he's hot. That's a lot. And when you're sharing with a guy who's forty usage rate, I mean, maybe he comes down a little bit, but he's still going to be thirty eight, thirty nine for usage rate. So, I mean, you're looking at Paul George, probably like what twenty six usage rate, which is still pretty good. But, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a you're good, right. It, 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 it all really hinges on on how these two studs kind of cooperate. Mm-hmm. And to your point, George is very good on catch and shoots. He was uh, 41.8% on catch and shoot threes last mm-hmm. year. So I think he's going to get a lot of open looks from Westbrook, who we think of him as, and he is, obviously, this very ball-dominant, high-usage, triple-double guy. But um, he did, after all, rank third in assists in the league last year. And he draws just immense uh, attention from opposing defenses, so I think George is going to have have life a little bit easier than he maybe ever has offensively. So I'm interested to see if that improves his efficiency and therefore kind of buoys his uh, fantasy value. Yeah, and think about George; he had a career high in field goal percentage last year. He was 46.1 percent. That's pretty good. Um, again, a lot of that is because of threes. He also shot the three a lot, and he made a lot. He was 39 percent killer at the line, 90 percent. Um, but other things too. Don't forget, there's the OKC give Westbrook the rebound factor. Um, Six point six rebounds isn't a lot, but it's a plus. I mean, you look at seven rebounds a game, you're happy with that. Three point three assists. He had four point one the year before that. You would think that's dipping into the high twos, maybe even lower than that. Um, I don't know how how the defensive stats come in because he's been pretty solid in steals pretty much year in and year out, uh, except for the the year he was hurt. That doesn't count really. Yeah, but over um, one and a half per game last year. Yeah, really block shots. But I feel yeah. like I feel like he should. <laughs> he's a, yeah. a, a very good defender. You know, he's so long. You'd think he could at least get half a block a game. Yeah. But. So actually, um, one thing we're going to work on next is Jordis and I. We were kind of chit chatting yesterday. We're doing a two man mock draft. But we each have six teams and we're alternating. So <laughs> I was gonna ask you. I was like, "Oh, let's just do it now. We'll do it because it's fun. Like, because you're kind of you're building your own team against yourself and against someone else. Yeah. And we're we're like we just started it last night. And we got like pretty much through the second round, and, and Paul George is still there. Um, I took Westbrook. I think it's six. Which I mean, which uh, so. What potentially surprising guys have gone ahead of of Paul George? Oh, he he took Yogi so early. Um, yeah, well, that's I, 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 which we, which is which is fine, but I was surprised he took him over some of the other guys, and I took Gobert super early, and especially him. with just the two of you picking against yeah, yeah, each yeah. other and yourselves. Right. Yeah, all the typical Roto World favorites are going to be flying off. The yeah, list. exactly. It's going to be fun. Like uh, LeBron went like 14th, I think he took the. I would have let LeBron keep going. Like mm-hmm. that's another thing too. There's just so the, and I'm not a big fan of East versus West. I think it's kind of an overblown narrative, but. I mean, LeBron and the Cavs are going to win by a lot of games, uh, assuming Boston doesn't get Hayward again. Um, like, and that's a factor, though. Like, the, the lack of depth in the East is 
is concerning, man. I mean, there's no reason that they're to play LeBron in April and March, right? Yeah, and I, well, it, it, there's something to be said for the fact that I, I think a lot of times we fret tremendously about rest days. and yeah, we do. And certainly sometimes that's been a factor in fantasy playoffs and stuff. But assuming you're in a, a responsible fantasy league that doesn't go to the final day of the season, uh, apologies to Kelly Olenek on that one. Um, <laughs> nice. I think I, I don't. I think it's a bit overplayed. I, I don't. I, I haven't done any objective stats on this or anything, which, which I probably should. But right. um, I don't think that rest ends up being as prolific as we sometimes fear on draft day. So I'm not too too worried about LeBron resting, and um, it, you know it's a background concern, but I wouldn't let it bump him down more than a spot or two. I think Exhibit A for your point would be. So last year we were like, oh, the Warriors are going to kill. They're going to rest. Bump down Curry a few spots. Mm-hmm. Bump down KD a few spots. Stephen Curry is number one after the break, kind of handily, uh, in nine cat. Uh, eight cat obviously wasn't because Westbrook is insane, but Curry was, in, and so was Clay. Clay was really good too like, like last year. Again, that has a lot to do with Durant being hurt, but again, they, they didn't really rest. They were good. Yeah, um, and Pop is Pop is the guy you fear the most yeah. maybe in terms of rest. He kind of pioneered this whole modern, you know, DMPCD movement, and uh, Kawhi was great. He played seventy four games last year. It really wasn't an issue. So. Yeah. Substantial, substantial sanctions, David Stern mode. Yes. Um, okay, yeah. so one thing, it's kind of new. We're kind of figuring this out. This is really similar to Paul George. Another guy, very ball dominant, not quite um, Maury Ball-esque, I guess, is Carmelo Anthony possibly going to Houston, waving, possibly waving his no-trade clause, which is a big domino to fall. What up, Phil? Yes, that's like, I feel like Carmelo is like, he should have like, tweeted out like a picture of Phil Jackson when that news broke. Like it was totally about that. Um, but he, he's another guy. He's really good catch and shoot. Upper fifties on effective field goal percentage catch and shoot. He's forty one percent I think on threes catch and shoot. So he's basically like a Paul George clone. Um, again, going to another guy and two guys actually. So Melo will get killed. But then again, there's the you wouldn't be worried about the shutdown factor. So I think if Melo goes to Houston, I kind of see it as a, a net neutral. Yeah, it wouldn't be too. I mean, I'm not. I haven't been high on Melo for the past two yeah. or three years, anyway. But uh, I'm with you. I don't think it's a huge drop off. I think the the increased pace would help. I think he's gonna kind of like George get easier shots than he's had in you know recent memory. Um, I think all that would help. But what a strange fit! Like yeah. the, the Rockets are all about three pointers and getting to the free throw line. The, the mid range doesn't exist for their offense, and that's where Melo lives. He's annually one of the highest isolation guys he's one of the highest mid-range guys he's so it's a it's a very curious fit and i don't know if the rockets are intentionally trying to diversify their offense by getting more mid-range guys like paul and and potentially mellow but um what do you what do you think about that from a real world kind of basketball perspective yeah and then uh stat we mentioned on the last pod chris paul had more mid-range makes per game than the whole rockets team did last year um one other thing, too, that you kind of mentioned, and we, we've seen Melo as an off-ball guy, and that's in the Olympics. And, uh, Olympic Melo is like peak oh, Melo. thrilling. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's right. So I think that, I think it's fine. And actually, I, I, I said net neutral. It may be a net positive. I mean, if he could, and he can. We know he can shoot threes. And like I said, he's a good catch-and-shoot guy. I could, and we've seen lots of guys grow, like Otto Porter, Ariza, for instance. We've seen those guys become second-round players in fantasy. So, I mean, I, now that I think about it, I think it's got a positive. Uh, again, there's the injury concerns. But, again, he won't be taking as much contact with post-ups and all that. So, uh, I, I'm curious to see that. I, again, we love players in new roles. Um, it gives us more to analyze and stuff. So, I yeah, hope it goes down. Can, you know, despite his age, and he's not the nimblest guy out there. It's the video of him training on a pra- uh, soccer field showed recently. <laughs> But he can play in transition, so I, I think it could actually be, yeah, be an, an interesting fit. Yeah, he gets kind of a, a bad rap. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if it's because he's, his game doesn't fit today's NBA. And, yeah, I think that's it, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, and again, the, the Knicks are bad. And he's played on bad teams, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, so we'll see what he does there. All right, so the, the flip side of the PG side is the Pacers. And, I mean, I don't know if I haven't really thought about like who the biggest winners are. But top three, Victor Oladipo's got to be in there. I mean, he's a huge winner. Uh, we saw him thrive. He was, what, I think number nine after the break two years ago with the Magic. Uh, and he fell off. Uh, muscle watch going down. He's got the Indiana homegrown thing. Obviously, the Pacers have to love him to make that deal and get no picks. What are you doing? How do you get no picks in that deal? 
Um, so I love Depot. Um, I got him, I think, sixth round in the draft we did two weeks ago or so, two, three weeks ago. He's probably like third round now. Uh, I'm, I'm drinking yeah. the Depot Kool-Aid. Yeah, he gets a huge a huge bump. And especially because, as you said, you got him, what did you say, fifth round? I think sixth on the way back. Yeah, see, that's wild. And his, his rep took a hit last year in the fantasy community because yeah, everyone expected this huge kind of breakout season as the second guy on, in OKC's offense, and it just didn't happen. Um, you know, he struggled a lot. There were some good stretches, but there were, there were more bad stretches. Assists dropped to a career low 2.6. That's easily going to go north of four this year. Yeah. Um, rebounds fell off. Defensive stats fell off. Career low 1.2 steals. Uh, you know, it just wasn't there for him. Um, but I think you look at the Pacers' offense and who are they going to go to? I think it's 1A and 1B with Miles Turner and Oladipo. So um, Turner, we should also mention, yep, yep. Pretty, pretty big winner here. I mean, Huge winner. Got a- Jonas and I, I took him, uh, I think, 15th in that little thing Jonas and I yeah. are doing. Oh, he's easily top 20. Yeah. like he look, He's looking real good right now. Yep. Um, yeah. And we again, he I, he fell off late last year. I had him pretty much everywhere, and I was a little a little let down uh, with how he finished. But in the beginning of the season, holy jeez, he was like like thirteen, fourteen. So he'll, I don't know how I feel about that though, because he he did a lot of he had a lot of open shots. He's gonna have to get his own shot. He's still young and he's still a solid post player. Again, the free throw shooting's huge. Being a good free throw shooter for mm-hmm. a guy that blocks shots, it's. Almost like unicorn esque, like peaks. Serge Ibaka when he was going like sixth or seventh in drafts is because he can block shots and hit free throws. But um, yeah, Miles Turner looks amazing. Yeah, I was thinking about this. We could have this year potentially six centers in the top twenty for for nine cat and eight cat. With which, if Whiteside can make the cut and Turner can make the cut, you got Cat, Jokic, Cousins, Gobert. <laughs> That's crazy. Like that's yeah. you. You know, usually there's a, a dearth of centers in the in the top two rounds, but we could have six of them. But yeah, the, the thing is, and this is why they go so high. Is they after that top it, after yeah, big it drop drops off. off, man. Like you're you're gambling. I mean, sometimes like I stole Gasol. I was happy with him late fourth in that draft we did. Um, yeah, it's and, and another thing too that we talked about in the last pod. Point guards deeper, man. Uh, like with the rookies that came in, Dennis Smith Jr. Um, yeah. I mean, Teague's still in a good spot. A lot of these point guards, like Indiana's going to have a good point guard eventually. Um, Rubio's in, in looking good too. We we actually um, we didn't talk about we had to talk about that. I didn't write that down. Uh, Ricky Rubio. We got, I guess we kind of got to wait on that with, while we wait for Hayward. But um, how do you think Rubio will do in Utah? Uh, this is good. You mean for fantasy? I think it's fine. I mean, he kind of is who he is. He's gonna gonna rack up assists and steals and probably hurt you in field goal percentage. You almost hope that his usage isn't very high. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting fit. And as you said, we gotta wait. We gotta see how the rest of this roster shapes up, where Hayward goes, and things like that. But I think, I mean, he's such a pure point guard and and just innate playmaking skills that I'm not. You could put him on almost any roster, and as long as there's not another competing, you know, upper tier point guard, I think he'd be fine. Yeah, I, I like him. Um, I- and he had another guy. He was he was basically like Ariza last year, the where he's just bad in the first half, hurt a little bit, and then second half just blew up. Yeah, it was um, great. Yeah, he was he was like a league winning kind of a guy. Um, okay, so we'll talk about that when the Hayward thing goes down. So Saturday, I thought was a day for the process. Um, yes, JJ Reddick got twenty three million dollars. And I saw people just ripping the NBA. There was, like, the NFL thing. I've seen, like, ten different things about how NFL players don't get paid as much. Yo, NFL has 53 players in their roster. Uh, so that's a little different um, for guys you got to pay. But what do you think? Um, man, I'm Marco Foles tonight, 7 Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific time. I'm... I can't wait for that. Like, I'm going to get popcorn and watch that. I'm so pumped for that. Um, They're playing the Celtics, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. I don't even know. I've got Markel Fultz blinders on. I don't <laughs> even know who they're playing. Um, I think they're playing the Celtics. Yeah. So we're gonna, I look at Tatum, too. It's going to yeah, be fun. Yeah, Tatum, Jalen Brown's out there. That should be... That, I wish I wish our boy Dancing Bear was playing. Gerson Yabuselli. Yeah, he hurt his foot. Oh, yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, so, what are we doing with Sixers? Um... I mean, Embiid's been doing good. He's doing uh, workouts. I saw him shooting free throws and dunking the other day. Uh, Simmons, it's they're obviously going to get away from, and this is 
the thing they were pushing last weekend was a Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz backcourt. So that's obviously gone. You think Redick has to start, um, which is a, a, I mean, yeah. you talk about perfect fits. That and I don't, I don't again. I don't use the word perfect. That's pretty damn close. I mean, it's, they needed a shooter, uh, and they got one. They got the best one they really could get. Um, so I guess how does Redick fit fantasy wise? And really, um, do you think that helps or hurts anyone? Robert Covington, uh, for instance. I mean, Redick fits amazingly. You figure that in the past few years, we've seen Nick Scout, uh, some sorry, Nick Stauskas have legit fantasy value for stretches on Philly. Yeah. So you, you like, what can Redick do in this offense? It should be should be fun. And they, as you said, they really needed um, to fill that shooting guard void and, and get someone who could stretch the court. And Redick's incredible. You you got to give him credit because when he came into the league, he seemed like a guy who couldn't defend. Yeah. He was very you know one dimensional, but. He's, he's worked his tail off to get this one-year $23 million deal, which, again, the fact that it's one year, it, it's not bad for Philly. They get a role yeah. model type guy who can sort of show these young guys what work ethic really looks like off the court. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's a perfect fit both in reality and fantasy. I think he's going to thrive. And in terms of where I draft him, that's, that's tough. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he could be top 60 this year probably. Yeah, I mean – I think he's got what two and a half threes in him, right? Two, yeah, for right? sure. Maybe, maybe even, maybe even yeah. three. Like he's going to take a lot of shots. Um, but yeah, I think it's. I I don't like to target three point specialists. I just usually draft guys that help out with threes and nickel and dime my way there, excluding like Stephen Curry or somebody like that. Um, so losers on that, I think Dario Sarge is the big loser from that. Um, he's now he's definitely going to come off the bench. I would think. Um, it, which is fine. He'll still get his, I think, I have him probably around 23 minutes. But usage rate's going to be down. There's still going to be staggering guys all over the place. They're going to stagger Simmons with Embiid, Fultz as well. So Dario, I don't even know if I'm drafting Dario. No, I had him, again, a guy I had everywhere last year. But no no mm-hmm. loyalty in fantasy, man. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think he's a big loser. And I, I think Covington's a slight loser just because he that was his role was to be the guy to space the floor. And now they have Redick, who's obviously a much better shooter. Um, unless Robert Covington goes on those crazy stretches, which he's done before. But yeah, I, I think he lost probably about a round and a half, two rounds of value. Guy, I was probably looking at like sixth-ish. Now I'm probably looking like eighth-ish for Covington. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too concerned about Covington's okay. playing time necessarily. But right, it's right. Not, it doesn't help that Ben Simmons is suddenly in the in the rotation and Sarich is up and coming and. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think the three point volume is probably going to take a hit with Redick there bombing away. Um, and especially with a, you know, if they have Embiid healthy for the full season, he's a usage rate monster. Mm. So that just in itself vacuums up a lot of touches. Yeah, he was having um, like 38, 39 usage rate when he was yeah, coming last year. Yeah. Uh, Justin Anderson's obviously just buried in this rotation, and, and uh, Luawu doesn't doesn't benefit in any yeah. way, shape, or form from what Philly's done this offseason. Yeah, I had TLC as a kind of like 16th, uh, 16 team last pick flyer. Now that's obviously gone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, I think Simmons and uh, I'm not too high on Fultz. Um, Jonas and I did a pod, and we I, I have like Fultz, DSJ, Dennis Smith Jr., and Ball like neck and neck for top three. Um, Dave, you kind yeah, of... I, I just I don't think I've ever once in my right. life drafted in I don't know how many dozens of fantasy leagues I've done. I don't think I've ever had a rookie point yeah, guard. Yeah, you are the, the on a roster. You so I mean, maybe it's cost guy. me a couple times, but most of the time you just get out of the way of that train because the learning curve is steep. And these guys are going to have good stretches. They're going to have bad stretches. And I'd rather just be watching from the sidelines for a year. But the league is changing, Ryan. You have to you have to adapt. The, <laughs> I gotta the keep young up the young players the, or young players are coming, man. You gotta you gotta change your ways a little bit. You gotta start shooting three pointers, man. You might be right. There is a yeah, the league does change, and I am maybe to some extent stuck in my old ways. <laughs> for sure. Uh, okay, so the big news on Sunday, and what a coup for Denver to pick up again, close to perfect fit. Yeah, you wish they. And actually, the funny thing too is Tim Conley, President Tim Conley was saying, we're so front-heavy. We have so many guys we can play at the four. Yeah, Yeah, now they get Paul Millsap. So, again, fit, if you're taking if you're taking away roster construction and just looking at the starting five and being just top eight guys for the rotation, great fit. You're talking about a guy who doesn't need the ball, a guy who can defend the rim a little bit, That was the, and he could also defend the perimeter. That was the problem with the, the Jerkic, the Nurkic and Jokic combo, is they couldn't get... 
someone to help out on high pick and rolls and pick and pops and all that. They got killed in that. That's why that lineup didn't work. But now you got one of the best ones out there in Millsap. So uh, Millsap, who was a letdown? Him and Depot were probably a top on the Mount Rushmore of letdowns in fantasy last year. Um, I didn't like what uh, Millsap did. Um, but again, this offense is crazy. This is going to be a top three offense. They're going to be very fast. Probably top three, four yeah. in pace. Um, I, I'm fine with him. Like, well, I think um, Strobe took him in his fourth round of our ten man. That's probably about right. Uh, probably like you know forty, fifty ish, forty five for for Millsap. Yeah, which is crazy because last year he was a consensus second round pick. Yeah. But you're right. He fell off hard and. I think maybe we we underrate how much he missed Al Horford's passing and yeah. his, you know they had such great chemistry and I think pairing him with Jokic is going to be awesome oh, because yeah. Jokic as we know is one of the best passing big men. Millsap's very versatile offensively. He can pick and pop. He can roll. He can do you know he can beat you in post ups. He's he's kind of got it all and that's why I was very surprised that he never got going last year. I kept preaching patience yeah, to yeah. owners like don't worry he's going to bounce back and it it just never happened. Um, but you, you mentioned, I mean, Denver's pace, their, their team passing is crazy. I think they're one of the top teams in, in passes per game. They just move the ball, and I think all that's going to feed into Millsap's success. Yeah, we'll get more on that later. Do, do you think, quickly, uh, does, does Millsap's arrival make it impossible? Like, why would they retain Mason Plumley? Get him out of there. I don't, I don't... Yeah, because they would overpay for him. It's just not yeah. going to make sense. I mean, I thought that I'm not a, I'm not a freed guy. But I thought Faree was pretty solid when they moved him to center uh, as a backup five-man. So I'm fine with that. You know, you've got spacing. We'll see what happens with Gallo. And I, I, they don't need Plumlee. They, they're, just the way their offense yeah. is built is fine. Like, stagger – I thought Gary Harris as a ball hander really grew. You could stagger him a little bit with my boy Jamal. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really see it. Um, but you never know. Maybe he, maybe he likes it there or something. Yeah, and you got to think Gallo's gone. I mean, yeah. But the problem is, he doesn't really... And that's the other thing about Millsap, is the market really dried up on him. And a prop, much like the Reddick deal, props are getting three years on that. Right? Like, that's that's huge. Yeah. Not having yeah, to go fourth year on Millsap, older, an older Millsap like that? Was he 31? Exactly. I was that's just going to say, that's a longer-term deal. You don't want to be paying him 30-something million dollars in his age. What would he be if it were four years? Like, 30... Six, yeah, seven? he's definitely going to be coming. He, he, he's a very Chris Paul-like guy where you can kind of sustain. He's 32. Um, so, yeah, fourth year of that, you're, you're going to be pretty. He, he's actually held up pretty well, though. Like, he doesn't play like yeah. a 32-year-old man. Maybe because he didn't play too much earlier in his jazz days. But, yeah, he's still got miles in the tires for sure. Yeah, so I like it for both sides. Denver gets a, an all-star caliber guy who yeah. really fits their system, and Millsap can you know come out of this deal at age 35 and – and still get one more decent multi-year contract. Yep. So, other nuggets. Um, like we said, Jokic, he's probably locked in the top eight, man. I, I, I love him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We <laughs> no, talk, we, we talk, no argument there. Two years in a row, we're, we're going to talk about Jokic all offseason. So, I guess we'll cut it down since we've got so much to talk about. Uh, who else? Um, I, I'm – well, actually, um, news of George Hill possibly being interested in the Nuggets, which I would probably cry if that happens. But um, I love George Hill. You, you love him more than I do. But, man, Jamal Murray's my boy. Uh, I, don't, I don't want anybody to take minutes away from Jamal Murray. That would kill him. But as yeah. it stands right now, I'm all in on Murray, man. I mean, I was talking to Jonas. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably taking – in a, a league with you guys where we all take our own, our favorite players, I'm probably taking him, like, late fifth, man. Like, I'm, I'm so sold. I think he's going to hit almost three threes a game. Four assists, probably close to two steals, even though he's not a big steals guy, just because I think pace will dictate more sloppy turnovers on both ends. So, Yeah, I he's kind him. of the, the prototypical Gallagher guy. I feel like <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's, he's poised to explode. We saw those flashes where he where he was just amazing last year. and Yeah, I, I like it. And I know that you're going to single-handedly drive up his value yeah, by multiple yeah. rounds in any draft I'm yeah, in with you, so yeah. I'm prepared. Yeah, my, my um, actually... Um, Al uh, Zeinfeld, he does some stuff with DraftKings, and uh, he's a pretty cool dude. He had a great question, a great kind of question thrown around, like, how do we define a sleeper? And I've always defined it as a player you take in the last third of your draft, or if it's a competitive league, last second half, which changes, because Miles Turner was like, I think Yahoo had him at like 105, and then by the time we got done with him, he was going like third round. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of it's it's a sliding scale, I guess. But uh, do you have any kind of how you define a sleeper? 
No, that sounds about right. I, th- yeah. I think typically when pe- when you say that, you think of people in the last rounds, like yeah. guys who you, who you think might break out, um, as opposed to guys like in the mid rounds or like you know third, fourth round or, or more just guys you think are undervalued. Yeah. But there are there are those players every year, like maybe Jamal Murray this year, as you said, Miles Turner, who who start out as sleepers yeah. and then. By the time everyone wakes up to their true value, they're no longer yeah, exactly. fitting in that category. Yeah, they're they're woke. Um, okay, so what else we got? Um, we still like Gary Harris. I don't, I don't really see much changing because Millsap again, he could kind of hang as a twenty-one usage rate kind of a guy. Um, well, I guess losers would be Wilson Chandler, um, Gallo if he comes back, and kind of those lower level guys. Uh, yeah, Will Barton totally. Bar- oh, Barton's done. Yeah, Barton's done. Yeah, I, I don't really see that happening with Gary Harris still there and. They're, they're just going to turn him loose. they so. got to do some moves, huh? I mean, the way that they're... Wancho also. I thought Wancho... Um, who, hey, Wancho may be in the in the mix, but um, obviously Gallo would change that, though. Yeah, they they got to address their backcourt a little bit. Yeah. Um, Jameer Nelson, I guess, is the is the incumbent backup point guard, but not sure they want that to, to go throughout the season. Uh, I thought Jamal played... For, I'm sorry, Jameer played pretty well. I think he's yeah. solid in their system with the pace and pretty decent shooter. Not the best defender, but they really don't care about defense out there. Yeah, I think they. I mean, I'm looking at their the salaries they've got. They must have a ton of tap room, uh, cap room. Huh? Yeah, they can bring Galloway if they want to. If, if, yeah. if they can come to terms. Yeah, true. Um, okay, so right. move on. Okay, so the Wolves they had the the best move of the off season so far, but free agency. On July 1st and beyond, I don't know how they're doing. Um, I thought T was fine. Um, again, another guy, phenomenal catch-and-shoot guy. I think he, Two years ago, I think he was like 73 catch-and-shoot effective field goal percentage. Last year, he was like still 56-something. Still pretty good. Um, I think it's like 64% in his last four years. So he's a really good catch-and-shoot guy, which is good. They needed that. So um, where do you see Teague, fantasy-wise? Kind of a, He would have been in a little bit better position in Indiana, especially with George yeah. gone. So upside's capped a little bit, going to be low usage, but he's been in kind of low usage spots before, um, so he's fine. Yeah, well, he was top 50 last year, but I, I think he definitely takes takes a dip here. Yeah. Uh, Wolves have too many weapons, but in terms of the real-world fit, I like it. I think it was a, a great signing for them. Um, he's, he's never shot below, since his rookie year, Teague's never shot below 43.8%, whereas Ricky Rubio has never shot more than 42%, uh, and that was last year. So it's just just a clear, obvious, like, they, they needed that court spacing, especially with Levine gone, and uh, I think Teague perfectly addressed that. Um, and then they went and got Tosh Gibson, so bringing the band back together from yeah. But, by the way, I, I got I the amount, of, my, myself included, the amount of people that said get the band back together or Tibbs getting the band back together, I, <laughs> searched, I searched it on Twitter. It, it was in like the thousands. <laughs> it was, it was like, so I, I tweeted that out. Zach Lowe tweeted that out. Like eight other people like tweeted it out that I follow. I was like, oh yeah, you just said it. Like it was, the, it was the, the cliche thing of the day. Sorry, it must you have, off. it must have subcon. I mean, I was, I was on. On uh, the news feed all last night, and got a bunch of signings, so it must have subconsciously bled into my. my <laughs> well, that's what you. That's what, I mean. It's the thing. Like they, he got the band back together, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, cliche exactly. to say, but it's it's what's going down. But so, what do you think about that? So Jordan Hill's gone. You know, makes sense. Uh, they still have Cole Alders. They're going to yeah. pay him seven point three million this year, but. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of like the the addition of Gibson. Gives them some versatility, uh, and necessary depth, which they don't really have. I kind of disagree just a little bit. They have depth. They have too much depth in the wrong places. They have Carl Anthony Towns, who's the best. Well, fantasy is the best big man, but what top three center, top two center? I mean, he's going to be yeah. really good next year, and he's going to play thirty eight, thirty nine minutes. And you have Gorgie Jang, you have Taj, you have Cole Aldridge, who didn't really play. They drafted Justin Patton, another center. Like, why do you have the depth there? That's the only reason why I didn't like it. And I kind of feel like that was, okay, Teague's a bad defender. We need to get someone who could play in the perimeter, help him out a little bit. Who's available? Oh, Taj Gibson. Oh, I like Taj Gibson. Oh, he's a great guy. He's a good locker room. Yeah, like a culture fit. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like, I thought it was a slight overpay. I mean, $14 million. Like, I honestly think that Reddick's deal is better. Again, the one year is a huge factor in that. But I, I didn't like the Taj thing. I love the Teague thing for the reasons that you said. But I, I don't know, and like I guess switching to fantasy, Jang kind of gets killed, huh? And we've and also Bielitsa too. Yeah. He was supposed to be quote a critical part or whatever, 
and now he's buried a little bit. I, I'm that's probably one of my top three things that I'm looking forward to figuring out is what Tibbs is going to do with that rotation. Where they're yeah. going to play? Um, there, I mean, is Tyus Jones going to get minutes at the two or what? Like, how are you going to fill out your twos and threes in one minutes when you're so top heavy with fours and fives? So that's yeah. something I kind of want to see. Or maybe and they did. Sorry, and uh, to to afford those deals, they had to rescind their qualifying offer to Shabazz Muhammad, which is fine. Yeah, which is fine, but again, just kind of thins them out on the wings a little bit. I think Bielitz is no more than just a second unit three point specialist, so he's kind of doomed for fantasy. Um, yeah, you're right. They don't have, a, and especially in the backcourt, where's where's the depth? Yeah, I, that's what I, I don't know if they got something cooking or what, but they have Tyus Jones behind Teague and. That's about it. Yeah. And also some kind of, not breaking, but Woj is really pushing this Lakers and George Hill thing right now. Talking about a one-year deal. Oh, boy. One, I, I couldn't see Hill taking a one-year deal. Could yeah, you? Yeah. Same. That seems unlikely. Do you want to say it or do you, do you want me to say it? Go for it. He's hurt so much. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense for him to sign a one-year deal. Yeah, I mean, he's 31 years old. He's, yeah, yeah it's yeah. <laughs> not so, going to happen. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if, you're, if he's going to get $24 million or whatever, I mean, it's... Like, Maybe, hey, and he can prove to the league that he can stay healthy yeah. and try to try to land that one more big deal, that Millsap-sized right. deal at age 32. Yeah, and he's another guy. He didn't play a lot earlier in his career, so... But then again, he's been hurt, especially since he's joined Indiana, like... He, when he got to Indiana, he was always hurt, man. Like he has, he got he got dropped like, in a couple of fantasy leagues because he was hurt all the time. Yeah, but, has uh, talked to him going to the Spurs. That's done, right? I think so. Yeah, which again, I love Dejounte's my. I'm about the Murrays, man. I, I, I love Murrays. I will draft any Murray. Murray DNJ. Flip Flip Murray. Um, Murray's Revenge, a good hip hop album. Um, anyways. <laughs> um, Okay, so P.J. Tucker time. Anything else you want to add, Wolves? Um, yeah, we talked about the Wolves enough. Uh, so P.J. Tucker's on Houston, and we talked about Houston on the last pod. So, we, I mean, Ariza, is he affected? Ryan Anderson, I think, is done. Uh, I wasn't really targeting Anderson to begin with. Eric Gordon, I'm not targeting anymore. Um, yeah, I was never targeting yeah. Gordon to begin with. But any, any impact on P.J. Tucker going there? Uh, well, it sounds like Houston's fine unloading Ryan Anderson, which makes sense because he's owed that's right around $60 million over the next three years. That deal's so bad, man. Yeah, and the Knicks, apparently they wanted the Knicks to take him back in some sort of mellow deal and, yeah. and they rightfully want nothing to do with that. Yeah, um, yeah Ryan, I mean, is Anderson draftable next year? I, I mean, no, I'm certainly not going to touch him. I'm not him, taking but... him. I'm, I'd rather take any of these guys we're talking I'd almost rather take Wancho. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or I would take, obviously, the DeJounte or... I'll take Sam Decker over Ryan Anderson. I would take Sam Decker too, actually. Yeah. We love the, the mystery. Not on the Rockets. That's, I just thought of him because he was a former Rocket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I love the mystery box, man. Uh, so yeah. I'll, I'll take Sam Decker mystery box. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's just move on. Um, okay, so let's hit Blake really fast uh, since we're on the Clippers. Winner, for sure. Um, he's probably looking at, like, what, six assists, maybe even seven. He's going to be really ball-dominant. Got to stay healthy, though. Talk of him possibly not being ready to start the season. Another guy I took as well. I took him uh, late fourth in our 10-man. Um, so where's he going now? Like, is he back in the third-round mix or even, like, probably third? I think it's good. I, I think right – like, if you're drafting right now, which nobody is, um, yeah, probably third round, somewhere in there. Just because, as you said, his usage is going to be through the roof. The assists should be up. He's going to get triple doubles with, I, I think, surprising frequency this year. But we'll see. Um, but there's just a, a lot of risk. And so I think as we get closer to actual fantasy drafts, a lot's going to hinge on, is he going through full practices? Is he you know, active in training camp? How is he progressing? Because he had that, that foot surgery to address a... I think it was like a fractured planter plate, mm-hmm. something like that, which I'm not familiar really with that injury. I don't think it's very common, so we don't have many case studies to compare this to. Um, so that that unknown injury factor kind of concerns me, especially with a lower body body injury on a guy whose explosive athleticism is such a big part of his game. Um, you know, if he can't pirouette through the lane and through contact, 
he's not the same Blake Griffin that we know. So um, not saying he's going to be a reduced version of himself, but there's just considerable risk for fantasy. So personally, I'm bumping him down like a round or two just for that reason. It's crazy. Like him and Brooke Lopez, it's amazing how the narrative changed so fast in those guys. But if you take away Blake's knee fracture that started his career, so like the, the second he started his playing career, his rookie season, he was so durable. He never miss yeah. games like like Lillard too, and again uh, Brooke also, but Brooke and Blake they and not so much Brooke lately, but they and that's like when you're talking fantasy, the first thing you talk about is Blake being hurt all the time. And again, three years ago we were talking about like, oh Blake's awesome, he's never hurt all, ever. Um, and then also yeah, it was a Freaky Friday situa- situation, they, yeah. they swapped identities. <laughs> It's like um, Thunderstruck or something. Someone like took Blake's durability. Uh, maybe Cat did. So Cat, please don't get hurt. <laughs> uh, so and then Brooke too. Brooke was pretty durable last year, and we'll talk about the Nets another time. Um, okay, so let's move on. To talk to PJ is on Houston. The Raptors are interesting. Kyle Lowry got his hundred million. Um, Blake, uh, DeRozan's still there. Very similar. Uh, I thought a winner from PJ going was Norm. I think Norm's draftable now. Uh, a guy I wasn't really looking to target. He wasn't taking in our 10-man. I'll take him. Um, I mean, obviously, Terrence Ross is gone from last year. I think Norm's looking at, like, 26 minutes. They also want to get Damari's Carroll con- Carroll's contract off the books. So yeah. they want to play Norm, man. Uh, and a guy who... He, I could see him being a second-unit superstar. Uh, so I could see... I, I think he probably peaks at, like, seventh round. It's not too enticing. But, like, last-round flyer, I'm down. Yeah, and I, I think he's a guy who'll give you low-end value. And then on the off chance that one of the Raptors all-star uh, starting backcourt members gets hurt, suddenly he's he, you know he could give you fifth-round value if he's playing 34 minutes a night. Um, and I'm with you. With with Ross gone, uh, it doesn't sound like they want Tamara Carroll around. And if he stays, they they just need progression from him or they're not going to get you know, to the Eastern Conference Finals. But also, it sounded like they've, I, I think I read that they were floating Corey, Corey Joseph in yeah. trade offers too. So it's, so all of that just leads to the conclusion that they're totally committed to Norman Powell. So I'm with you. I think he's a he's a sneaky guy. And it's interesting what the Raptors are doing. I, I, I rather like it. I think they didn't have too many choices here. So by bringing back Lowry, uh, getting Ibaka, uh, they kind of prop open the window, and they're hoping to see development from guys like Pirtle and uh, Powell and maybe DeLon Wright. Yep, I love DeLon um, right now. So there's a, there's a lot going on there. And another thing we should say, with bringing back Ibaka, they've reportedly wanted to, to use him as their primary center. Mm-hmm. And they've got Naguera, who's who developed nicely last year, one of the best per, uh, blocks per minute guys, you know, solid rim protection and boarding. So Valanciunas suddenly is expendable. Yeah. So. There's there's a lot of moving pieces here. I don't think we've seen the final product. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think JV is. Uh, I've I've been a JV, and you are too. You're you were a JV guy, right? He's very very much us with good percentages and little, most little blocks. yeah, and most fantasy owners were because yeah. per minute he's got such interesting potential, and then everyone everyone you know bashes Dwayne Casey for not giving him yep. the minutes. But Especially. I think you look at the way the league is, and that. I think maybe a little bit, bit of that is just bitterness from fantasy owners who overdrafted him. Yeah, they. I feel they. they I feel like they take so many subtle shots at him. Like they're, they don't, maybe they don't mean to, but I hear Casey and you Jerry talk sometimes, and they're not even talking about JV. Like they'll be talking about like the team as a whole, and I just feel like they're like, they just, they're like needle JV just here and there. They had like what um, the toughness yeah. factor and all that. So yeah, I'm not drafting JV. And just the, the fact that they don't play him in the fourth quarter is just. You know, yeah. the, the, the proof's in the pudding type thing. They yeah. don't want him on the court when it matters the most. Yeah, especially with um, well, Lowry and JV. Like, JV's usage rate's better with Lowry. That, that was a big thing for him. So maybe late, but someone will take him before. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little Hayward and Warriors. We'll talk about that next time. We talked about Iguodala. Warriors are good. Um, but one thing I do want to tie into, um, I'm writing an interesting column, and I found out, I don't usually do takes, and you don't either, like on Twitter and stuff, we're not very much, we, we saved it for the pods, I guess, but I kind of went takey on Twitter last night when I was doing my favorite teams to watch, um, I did my mm-hmm. league pass, to like, and again, so I, I tie this into just things I enjoy, I'm not, and again, I'm not factoring in broadcast, Nets broadcast, extremely underrated, by the way, um, so I kind of like take into account when I'm like excited to watch them, and just like an average game, like do I, you know, cheer and just get excited to watch? Like teams just that are fun to watch. 
So I did top three. Um, and I also, I, again, love the mystery box. So shiny and new is a big thing for me. So I had Sixers number one. I can't wait to see what happens with them. Embiid is one of the most fun players. I almost ever. want you to not tell me this because I don't. I don't know your rankings. So okay. Okay. So I'll, 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 do, I'll let you do the rest. Okay. So you go ahead and then. Okay. Because because I, I also had Philly number one. Nice. So I was like, well, I don't, don't want to just be following up. Yeah. yeah. Um, go ahead. You, you go. Yeah. You, you, the floor is yours. You almost have to. Yeah. Uh, Philly's just going to be fantastic. <laughs> so many unknown variables. Fultz, Simmons, both. Were, yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, after them, I think I'm going to go. With the Timberwolves. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. I got. I didn't have them in my top three, and I got my mentions got blown up because of that. Okay. I see. I didn't know. Yeah. And I then was... also, I, and then well, it kind of pops up between why, why? the uh, the Rockets and Thunder. I well, think why I do you, Why do you have the Wolves uh, too? Well, first of all, I just love watching Wiggins and Cat, and I just think they're going to be such a fun team. I don't know. I, I, something about them just draws me like a magnet. Um, I'm interested to see how Teague fits. There's, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of interesting aspects. Yeah, there. yeah, I have, I have them. I think four, and the reason why is Tibbs. Uh, doesn't he's? It's gonna you be. You know, like the the pace. And yeah, the... I mean, I I love Cat. If I had to just do like a league pass player, I'd probably put Giannis one. By the way, uh, but I think Cat will be in there top five. I love Cat. Is just such a, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe I did shortchange him a little bit, but. I think they're firmly number four. Um, again, just because. So, so, so I, I threw out the Rockets and Thunder as my other. Yeah. Must watch you, you teams. Didn't have, that, you don't have that? my number two. Who's no that? Surprise, Golden State, dude. Okay. Come okay. on, I don't, they're like, I, and, the, and the thing is, like, oh, they're not on the, they're not on League Pass a lot. Is that what you're gonna say? No, I okay. was gonna say, and you know, everyone's got their own feelings about this, but I feel like there's an oversaturation with the Warriors yeah. almost, like. Like I, I feel like I'm constantly seeing the Warriors, and especially right now. I think if you asked me when the season started, I might feel differently. But having just watched the Warriors throughout the entire playoffs, like I'm, I'm okay not watching the Warriors for for a little bit. Yeah, um, I guess I guess that makes sense. Super fun team. So that's just a you know, it's all subjective. I but. mean, like there's there's times like probably like thirty times, maybe even more when I like I start, I start watching the Warriors and like my eyes get watery. So I'm like, oh my god, like oh, it's like, I can't take this. This is just so oh, amazing. So many play- yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I mean, they're they're passes, amazing to watch. Like, they, yeah, they don't like no other team does that, and like, like all those things are absolutely true. And yeah, they're not boring to me. And like everyone's like, oh, boring playoffs. They win by twenty all the time. Like we we say this all the time. They got to one twenty for a reason. They're really fun. Oh um, yeah, I don't find them to be boring at all. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I just I'm just like okay. I've seen so much Warriors and. I'd, I'd rather see how Westbrook and Paul George fit together and try to dissect what their offense is doing and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was kind of going for the fun angle, but yeah, for sure. Like I and we talk about this all the time. We watch bad teams so much during the season. <laughs> yeah. so, Maybe um, too much. Yeah, and so for number three, I, I'm kind of surprised you didn't say Denver. Oh yeah, you know what? I I kind of slapped this together like yeah, a yeah, minute yeah. ago, so <laughs> yeah. I hadn't given it a ton of thought, but. Yeah, Denver also must watch. I don't know. Yeah, man. I, Ranking things is always so tough. Like the yeah. whole Rushmore of must see NBA teams. It's it's tough. Yeah, I'm gonna do t- I'm gonna do top thirty today, man. I'm gonna try to rank all of them. Wow, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to see who comes in last. No, yeah. Oh, I know who's coming in last. You know who's coming in last too. I think I do. Go ahead. Who? Would it be the Knicks? No, actually. I think well, I have. Yeah, with Porzingis, you got. Okay. Yeah, I have him pretty low. Orlando. And dead last. Dead last. No question. All right. That, you know, that's, that's your that's boy, easier. Aaron Gordon. And what's, what's he going to be about? I hate Frank Vogel's offense, man. Like, they're they're the worst. They're, like, like, I don't even – like, I, someone asked me that on Twitter. I knew right away. Like, I had to think about 76ers and Warriors and Nuggets and all that. But, like, yeah. you asked me bottom, like, I hated watching Magic last year. They'll be better yeah, this part, year. But, part of that for me was that – from for fantasy, they were just abysmal. Yeah. Like it just there you'd be hard pressed to name a player who consistently helped you just because of the painful inefficiency and uncertainty and all that. So. Yep. All right. Quick, so quick, quick follow up. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, you have any you have any hope for him this season for fantasy? I don't. Uh, I watched him. Uh, he was not very good in his opener. He looked really good yesterday. Double double, I think thirteen rebounds, seven of twelve shooting, if I recall. 
Um, but yeah, he's he's rangy, man. Um, rail thin. Uh, GM John Hammond was asked what position they want to play him, and he said uh, he didn't answer that. He was like, I don't know, pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they want to play him. Uh, and then also Vogel said that um, a Hennigan mistake was playing young guys too much too soon. So it sounds like they're going to put him uh, pretty, handle him pretty hard. So that means, uh, yeah, I mean, if we're doing like rookie rankings, he's probably like 12th ish. I'm not really feeling yeah. it. But he looks good. I think he's going to be good. Like, I, I love yeah, his style yeah. of play. I'm, I'm more intrigued, which it sounds like you are, with his long term potential. I think yeah. he could be awesome down the road, but it's going to need a couple of years of seasoning. For sure, for sure. Uh, man, that Magic keep taking these projects, man. Like, where, where's Mario at? Was Hazonia? We need to get him going. Uh, all right, so long pod, not surprising. Uh, anything else you want to add? Do you know what you got? What you're going to write on Wednesday? Anything else going on? Uh, not yet. I gotta immediately jump in and update my free agency, quote unquote, tracker, where I'm trying to trying to keep keep tabs on every free agent, restricted free agent, all that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not, not, not positive, but I'm sure it'll revolve around free agency. And then also the uh, the Lakers thing with George Hill is kind of picking up steam. I see Ramona Shelburne tweeted that um, they see Hill and Lonzo as the starting guards. Wow. So, yeah, okay. So, so moving so, Hill to, to the two, huh? Which is fine. Uh, we've seen Hill. He's been off ball pretty much his whole career. Yeah, and defensively, he's he's all there. So yeah, that, yeah. Like he was Mister Left Corner in Indiana, and he was super efficient playing off Gordon Hayward. Um, also, sounds like they really want to keep Clarkson in a sixth man role. Yeah, which is fine. I think that's I think that's what he is. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're out of here on that. Appreciate the the long pod. This is awesome. Uh, couldn't be couldn't have a better guest to break this down. Uh, so thanks so much, man. You got it, Mike. All right, you guys take care and enjoy the rest of your week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.